and welcome to Murder's Mysteries and Meows. I'm June. And I'm well rested after a long hiatus. Yeah, seriously. It's been it's been a hot minute. Yep. That'll happen with life. Sure does. Anyway, this is a belated episode pick of yours for your birthday. Oh, we're doing it for my birthday? Well, I asked you to pick the episode you wanted to record for your birthday month of, you know, July. So uh, yes. Well. Finally started to get to it. Don't I feel special? <laughs> hey, we're finally doing it at least. Mm-hmm. Bladed. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to see about doing an episode about uh, mass murder, specifically school shootings. You know, there's not a lot of mystery or clues to solve, um, mostly because we know who the killers are. Um, but the thing that I think is the most interesting, the mystery about it, is why the shooters historically have fit a kind of mold and why is it that we don't identify these things sooner or act preemptively so Mm -hmm. what kind of cases you got so uh i picked two cases i was a little bit confused as to what your topic initially was so i researched stuff a little bit differently than that i thought you went through school shooters that targeted their peers and survived Uh uh-huh so i picked two that were fit that requirement. And I picked Kip Kinkle, who did Thurston High School in Oregon, and Demetrius Pagorchis, who did the Santa Fe High School in Texas. I see, I see. Well, uh, let's pick one and start from the beginning. Uh, I guess we'll start with Kip Kinkle, because his was an earlier crime. Mm-hmm. So typically when, at least for me, when I hear school shooting, Columbine, it pops into yeah, my head was the first one because that was one of the big ones, and that was very. And we were in school. We were when, in school when that happened. Yeah, we were actually in school when Kip Kinkle happened too, but it was a much smaller death toll. He only killed a total of four people, two of them being his parents. I see, I see. So that's how he started on killing his parents, man. Because his parents, and then he went to school. Yeah, he was like. It's hard because it sounds like both of his parents were pretty good people. They're both teachers. They both cared about their children. He has an mm-hmm. older sister. And so it doesn't sound like he had a bad home life. Well, uh, let's go from the beginning. I mean, what do we know about him? So he was born August 30th in 1982. He is currently 39. He was 15 when he went and committed the shootings. Gotcha. Both of his parents were Spanish teachers and they actually took a sabbatical and spent a year in Spain for his first year of school and there are some sources or people that say that may have contributed to some of his scholastic problems because he didn't speak any Spanish. Oh, I see. So I'm not entirely sure why they decided to put him in kindergarten when he didn't speak any Spanish at a school where the teacher didn't speak English, which is fine because you're in Spain. I don't expect the teachers there to speak English. Mm-hmm. But why would you take a child who speaks no Spanish when both of you our Spanish teachers, and put him in a school where he can't speak the language. That, to me, sounds like a really bad idea. Especially when they could have been speaking Spanish to him From at home. From the beginning, yeah. yeah. That, and that, that's my personal opinion. Maybe they did and he just didn't pick it up. I don't know. Well, but, kids are very good at picking up multiple languages when they're growing up, so it's kind of odd that you have a kid whose parents were both Spanish teachers, mm-hmm. and they don't he teach did. him any Spanish. Yeah, that, to me, that was just that was just odd. Anyway... Anyway, that the our sources that cite that that is a contributing factor to some of his later struggles in school, which is understandable. If you're failing in kindergarten, that can be a huge turnoff to school. That's your first introduction to it, and it sucks. Gotcha. So he did not do well in school. No. So after they came back from Spain, he was in back in America and back in a you know American school with English speaking teachers, and he was still struggling. How well, how long was that? They were just there for a year. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's why. I, 
think it might have been better to just wait and have him start kindergarten when he gets back. Mm -hmm. But we don't know the details, and that's my personal opinion. So he's always having trouble with school. They... Teachers considered him to be, quote, immature and lacking physical and emotional development, and they actually had him repeat first grade. I see. Yeah. So not only was he a little slow, he was a bit of a shrimp? Yeah, he was a pretty small kid. Oh, I see. And not just small necessarily, but also clumsy. Gotcha. Okay. Which can definitely lead to... Because kids suck. They do. Well, sure. And, I mean, you look at, historically, people who are, you know, school shooters, they are definitely... Um, losers. Yeah, maybe not always, but yeah, that's definitely a frequent occurrence. Yep. He also uh, had an interest in firearms and explosives pretty early on, which I guess isn't necessarily super uncommon for teen boys, especially in Oregon. Sur- well, especially around that time. I yeah. mean, uh, I know for me, when I was, you know, man, 12, even younger than that, I was really into firearms and explosives and things. Mm-hmm. You know, every kid. You know, talks about, you know, blowing up M80s and, you know, little firecrackers and things and wanting to check out their dad's guns. No, my dad didn't have guns. Well, you know, mine did. So that was something they were trying to bond over. He got him a gun, got him, you know, having to take him, taking him and having him take gun safety courses and insisting, you know, you can't use this gun or have this gun out or do anything with it without me around until you're 21. Okay. He also apparently had a lot of interest in explosives. And at one point gave a, like, how-to speech in class on how to build a bomb. Okay. Which is, like, to me, somewhat uh, alarming. How is it alarming? Telling other people how to build a bomb when that weird kid tells you how to build a bomb? I mean, to me, it's not really weird at all, so... Oh. I mean, to me, it's mild. When the weird, creepy kid's talking about how to build bombs, that's mildly alarming. I see. At least, especially retrospectively. Well, certainly retrospectively, but, like, if I look at... People who have interest in that sort of thing and they bring it up in class, you know, doesn't bother me. But like I said, at that age, I was also interested in guns and explosives. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Several months before the murders happened, he got in trouble for he and a friend were throwing rocks off an overpass at cars. Oof. Yeah. That is, uh, man, you know, I remember when I was in middle school, a couple of my classmates got in trouble for the exact same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the podcasts I was listening to said they were like little pebbles. They were like fucking rocks. rocks like yeah. really big, you know, like 8 inches or 12 inch diameter rocks. Like huge. Like that could so easily kill somebody. Yeah. Even throwing pebbles. Bad idea. Really bad idea, but you're 15. You're stupid. I was 15. I was stupid. Yep. I remember being 15. It sucks. So he got in pretty significant trouble for that, which is understandable. And they took, his parents took him to start seeing a therapist. Makes sense. Which I think is good. It sounds like it was. From another podcast I was listening to, it sounds like it was pretty helpful. He was making headway. He was lawless angry, and he started taking Prozac. Okay. For unknown reasons, he only went to like nine or ten sessions and then quit going. I mean, if you're, you know, being prescribed Prozac, I mean, what are you, what exactly are you being diagnosed with? Severe depression. Ah, so severe depression, that's kind of like a, I mean, that's well over like nine or ten sessions. Yeah. Well, we don't know the details of the sessions. I didn't try and look up the notes on them because that's not something that's necessarily privy to the average person. And this is also in, you know, 1998, 97? I see. So I mean, it's 98. Okay. So it's a little bit 
different, but having, you know, having mental illness and going for therapy, it's not just a few sessions and then you're solved. Mm -hmm. It's not a fix, especially if you're being prescribed medication, you need to keep going to make sure the medication is where you want it to be, doing mm -hmm. what you want it and not causing adverse side effects. Especially, especially if he's showing that he's doing better. He's doing yeah. better. Why would you stop going sessions and then why would you stop taking the medication? Yeah, that's, that is kind and of there funny. Are studies that have shown, and I don't know if it's Prozac is on them, but when people stop taking medications, your mental health suffers because you're mm -hmm. no longer on this chemical that was helping you. So the fact that he then went off the Prozac is also alarming. Like, oh, he's doing so much better. He doesn't need it anymore. It's like, that that's not how mental health works, mm -hmm. especially for something like this. You need to keep going and you need to keep taking your medications. That's not how any of that works. So that, to mm -hmm. me, is alarming and frustrating that they would stop taking him and have him stop taking medications. Okay. But after, but that was just, to me, that's a big factor in it, is that he has a diagnosed severe depression, and medication and therapy are helping, and he's not. Okay. And then murdered people. I'm not blaming anybody here at, at any point whatsoever. So, I mean, is is this like he immediately stopped and then went murdering people? Actually, I'm not entirely sure of the timeline. Okay, so he stopped taking Prozac in the fall of 1997, and then the murders happened May 20th, May 21st of 1998. I see, so that's a... Not a short time, but no, not but exactly not a long, long time, time either. either. Yeah. Yeah. So I still think he shouldn't have stopped therapy or medication. Okay. Well, so let's talk about the uh, the day of the deed. Yeah. Well, he got expelled the day before for, like I said, purchasing a gun and having it at school. Mm -hmm. And his father came to pick him up. His father was understandably very upset. There's debate over what was said because it's just Kip reporting what his, he said. Mm -hmm. That he said and what his, he said his dad said. So. Yeah. That's all we have. So he killed his father, and then he killed his mother when she came home. He called his father's school and said that his dad wouldn't be in to teach Spanish that night mm -hmm. because of family things. Rachel's mom was home, killed her, left them both in the house that night, apparently planted some bombs around them, like small cherry bomb type things, and went to school with a trench coat, and he had two pistols, a rifle, over a thousand rounds of ammo, and two hunting knives. <laughs> two hunting knives? Wow. You know, I, I have a an issue with having over a thousand rounds of ammo. Hmm. Is this, I mean, did he drive himself there? Yeah. Did he have the ammo in the car? It doesn't appear that it was on his person. It appears that he probably left it in the car based on that footage that we watched. Okay. In that same documentary, the, the PBS documentary, we'll provide a link. He said to his friend, Adam, better get out of here. Something bad's going to happen. And then just started shooting people. I see, I see. He wounded 25 and he murdered two. The first death being Ben Walker, who he fatally shot in the hallway. And at the same time, he shot and wounded Ryan Attenberry. The second murdered victim was 17-year-old Mikhail Nicholson. He fired a total of 50 rounds. And where did, like, all this occur? Like, the cafeteria? That's what the PBS documentary video footage looked like. And that's what it sounds like, is that he started walking down the hallway and then entered the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Fired at the start of school. And how was the shooting resolved? He got tackled by his classmates. I see, I see. Yeah, they got the jump on him after his rifle ran out of ammo. Yeah, that makes sense. And then apparently after they tackled him, he was begging them to just kill me. Tackled him and then they were able to just hold on him until police arrived. I see. So, a survivor, and so he was 15 at the time, and what, mm -hmm. did, what did they do with him? What do you mean? Well, the police arrived, and then what? They arrested him, took him into custody, and then... Uh, so the uh, outcome was that he pleaded guilty to murder and attempted murder. He is going to be in prison for 111 years without the possibility of parole. I see. And uh, <laughs> how's he doing now? 
Well, he filed for a new trial in 2007, but that got denied. Uh, understandably so. Yeah. So, you know, you you look at this kid who was, uh, I'm assuming, social outcast. Sounds not like a lot him. of friends. And trouble at home with his folks. Mm-hmm. You know, by the sounds of it, his dad. Yeah. Uh, the question is, did anyone see the signs? It sounds like his parents saw some signs. I read in one quote from you know Wikipedia, which is, of course, mm-hmm. the greatest site ever for flirtations and everything, that he was afraid of, that his dad was afraid of his son. Okay. But they didn't know what to do. They didn't really have a ton of options from the sound of it. And I don't know if there are very many options available nowadays anyways. Because I'm not sure of, and I couldn't find any solid things pointing to this kid's dangerous other than maybe he's kind of weird, kind of a loner. I see. You know, I mean, certainly from his parents, they could have gotten rid of the guns in the house. Yeah. Well, we on that PBS documentary, it said that that might have been something that the dad was going to do or may have his son to do, threatened to do. Yeah, just a little too little too late. Yeah. Is what it is, I suppose. But more on the uh, the psyche of the shooters at the end of this. So let's move into the next case with uh, Demetrius. Demetrius Pogorchis from Santa Fe, Texas. I always wanted to say Santa Fe, New Mexico, but Santa Fe, Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yes. He committed his crime in 2018. He was 17. Okay, a little 15, bit older. A little yeah. bit older. And he engaged with the police in firefight. He shot at them and they shot at him. I see. But he survived. He did. After being injured, he surrendered. I see. Okay, well, uh, what do we know? How's this start? Again, it sounds like he had a decent home life. I didn't read or see anything about his parents being neglectful or abusive or having a broken home or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that there are things behind closed doors we don't know because this hasn't gone to trial yet. Mm-hmm. But nothing has come up saying that there's anything wrong. Yeah, I'm sure once everything's said and done, we'll see a documentary about it. Oh, or something. I'm sure there are documentaries out right now. But yes, I'm sure that there will be more information to come. But we, uh, I mean, what what do we know as far as you know? It seems to be a common theme for all shooters that they're kind of quiet and kind of loners. He mm-hmm. was as well. His parents believe that he was the target of bullying from both faculty and students, and that may have been a reason for the shooting. Mm. The school denies any bullying from faculty, but of course uh, they're going to say that. Always, the schools always deny. Of course they're going to say that. Well, and then I, something I read or heard in another podcast is it well, what some might call bullying, others might call tough coaching. All right. Yeah, it's a possibility. Well, you can you can certainly call it what you want, but it you know. If someone is being bullied and they perceived it, you know, as, as bullying, bullying, yeah, then what are you doing with bullying? Oh, for sure. Okay. Uh, well, what about the uh, the victim count? Ten. Uh, eight students and two teachers. Mm-hmm. In about four minutes of shooting. Were, the, were those injured or killed? Ten were killed. Oh, I see. How many were injured? Thirteen other students and he was himself injured, so a total of fourteen were injured. Okay. One of the victims was a girl that he'd asked out several times who kept turning him down because he apparently had dated her best friend. I see. So she kept telling him no. He kept asking, and it sounds like at one point she stood up in class and confronted him about it, possibly embarrassed him. But you're allowed to say, no, I don't want to date you. If you keep being asked, then you're still allowed to say no, and that person needs to respect you saying no. Sure. Plus, don't try and date your ex's best friend. Sure. I mean, you know, whatever. (laughs) I mean, high school drama, but the point is, that's uh-huh. one of the... And apparently, she was afraid that he was going to kill her because he was so persistent in asking her out. Mm-hmm. So that, that one of his victims. I believe that was Shannon Fisher, 16. I see. So he had, unlike Kip, he had a pretty high 
lethality rate. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of guns did he use? A uh, 12 gauge Remington 870 shotgun, a Rossi 38 caliber stub nose revolver. I see, I see. He tend to set up explosives around the school, but it sounds like none of them went off. Either some of them were incompetently set up. One of them was an alarm clock inside a pressure cooker with a whole bunch of shrapnel, but no fuse. Like just a ring bell alarm clock. I see. Yeah, you know, if he had just learned from Kip, you know, maybe his explosives would have gone off. Well, I'm glad he didn't because we don't even kill any more people. Certainly not. But yeah, given the the fact that he had a shotgun, it it makes sense that his uh, his kill count was higher. Yeah, it was a very short. Luckily, there were armed guards on campus, so they were able to very quickly engage with him and bring the major the majority of the shooting to an end. Shout out to the uh, Texans for having armed guards at schools. Yeah. So, so yeah, he started after he got shot. I see. So my my understanding was that they they actually had a state trooper there too, and they were trying to talk him down, but he uh he didn't surrender at first. No, he surrendered after he got shot. Is what from what I've we read online that I've heard in different podcast accounts as well. I mean, you know, there's a lot of police hate going on, but I, I really want to give a shout out to the uh, you know, the trooper for not you know for while there's an active shooter trying to talk him down. You know, props yeah. to him. Yeah, props to whoever was, yeah, all the people doing that. So good on them for being able to get there, respond immediately, and bring the shooting to a much more peaceful and much less deadly outcome than it could have been. It's still horrible. I, uh, Ten deaths is still a horrific death count. It's no still kidding. really, really bad. I mean, that's absolutely, absolutely terrible. I want to, you know, for before we forget, let's, you know, name off the dead people. The Cynthia, Cynthia Tisdale was 63, one of the teachers. Glenda Ann Perkins, 64. Jared Connor Black, 17. Shannon Fisher, who mentioned earlier, 16. Christian Riley Garcia, 15. Aaron Kyle McLeod, 15. Angelique Ramirez, 15. Sabika Sheik, 17. An exchange student from Pakistan. Oof. Christopher Stone, 17. And Kimberly Vaughn, 14. <laughs> Man, that is really terrible. Yeah. And he went through making sure to shoot people that he either didn't know or maybe didn't like. They, I read that he wanted to make sure that he left people alive who liked him to tell his story. Hmm. I see. Well, so he, he surrendered after getting wounded himself. Mm -hmm. uh, is he kind of like Kip, where he got 111 years, or... Uh, trial hasn't happened yet. I see. It's happened in the middle of 2018, and then it always takes time for a court case to get to trial, and then COVID hit. Sure, sure. So we don't know yet. He's It's still pending. Now, given that it's Texas, are they just going to execute him? Uh, no, they can't because he is a minor. Due to his age, he is ineligible for the death penalty or even life without parole. Okay, so what is he eligible for? If he is convicted of capital murder, he faces a life sentence of parole eligibility after 40 years, according to Wikipedia. I see. Well... It does not seem fair. 40 years for murdering 10 people? Yeah, you know... Uh, 40 years per murder? Holy shit, that's not yeah, he, he, eligible. At 17, he ain't exactly a minor either. So. No. Eligible for parole after 40 years. Does not mean he will get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, also interesting, Only unlike Kip, he was on the honor roll and on the football team. So bullying may have been from coaches, too. Yeah, makes sense. You know, looking at these two cases, and certainly when we examine school shooters going back to Kip, mm -hmm. right, um, they all, I can't say... 100% of them showing 100% of the same kind of circumstances and personalities. But we do certainly see a trend. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they fit a very specific demographic. They're generally bullied. They're loners, losers. Yeah. And certainly, it's, it seems like, um, especially recently, the number of school shootings seems to have increased. Is that accurate, you think? I think so. There's actually a really interesting article done by the Washington Post that was looking into that. The article states that there were at least 29 shootings in 2018 alone. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. School shooters trying to set a record. But luckily, if you also think about it, that's still only a tiny percentage of millions of students. It's still way too many, Certainly. for sure. But it's still not good at all. Certainly. You know, and you know, a lot of people, especially in regards to the politics, they want to talk about the weapons and other people want to talk about the people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start to see a, like a psychological trend or even similar circumstances between the people who commit the shootings, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, what can we do? And people do ask the question. Mm-hmm. And certainly every time this is brought up, you know, the parents are always like, I can't believe this. You know, my son's a good boy or whatever. And everyone in high school right everyone in high school knows the kid they're like nope that kid that's the kid that's going to be the shooter well frequently yes not as good as you but there were several students in talking about demetrius like i would not ever have thought it was him i'm amazed he did it he was my friend where did this come from yeah sure sure but usually there are it's like yeah that's the weirdo kid Mm -hmm. there are definitely signs right for some it's way more obvious than others Mm -hmm. you know but you know it's not like uh they do a great job of hiding it. I certainly can pick out a handful of people from when I was in high school that I knew I was like, if there was going to be a shooter, it's going to be one of them. Never occurred. Yeah. They are very rare. Yeah. But still, you know, if if the kids or teachers or parents or neighbors, if people can identify these people and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this kid, definitely, he's going to be a school shooter well at that point what can you do i don't know i don't know that's the thing i don't know you know well that's when you start having well what what's the thought then you start like you're saying thought police yep you run into that you know that area that gray area of thought policing and looking at people's social media you know people reporting people for strange behavior or whatever before they even commit a crime and all that but it's not to say that you need to police them so much as you know get them help you know like you look at like my school my high school and my middle school too they had school counselors and psychologists that were on campus mm-hmm. you know the whole time the school's open and for some kids uh, kids who had um, who lashed out a lot and things, they they would be sent to the counselors, psychologist, you know, to get evaluated to see how they could help, what was wrong, that kind of thing. And you know, how much do you think would something like that help? It's hard to say. I don't know. It really depends because it depends on if there's any follow through with those students. Mm-hmm. It depends on how the rest of the students are going to treat that one student for going in and getting in trouble. It's like, oh, now you're seeing this, like, you know, the school shrink. Yep. Students are, high school students suck. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. They're, I was a high school student. I was a terrible person then. And high school students are terrible to other high school students and other people. They just are. It's just part of, it seems to be part of the nature of being a teenager is you were frequently, and obviously not always and not everybody, but it's a rough time. It's hard. It's tough being a teenager. High school sucks. Well, you know, I have a completely different 
perspective on that because for me high school didn't suck i mean high school was all you know it was all right it was fun you know i i think back and i'm like man i wouldn't mind going back to high no, school oh god fuck no you know and that's the thing there's these two different perspectives and certainly when a shooter goes in they already picked out certain places and certain people that they want to make victims mm-hmm. you know and you know as a student you know as a kid back in the day like me personally I never bullied it. I stood up for people who were being bullied, you know. And you would certainly think for the people who do bullying, who belittle people, who blow up in public about certain things, you know, there are certain things you should not take too far. Because if you do, you know, you, you corner a prey animal, what's it going to do to a predator? Well, it's going to fight, right? Mm-hmm. If you do something like that in a high school setting, like there's... Only so much someone can take before they hit reach a breaking point. Mm-hmm. You know. But what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Certainly, um, it, it seems, especially with the increase, the visible increase in the number of school shootings that we see year after year, that uh, something needs to change. And certainly, lawmakers or education boards across multiple states, they are not handling it well. Yeah. You know, it certainly does not seem like people have a grasp of what should be done, what can be done. Yeah, and I don't either at all. Yep. You know, if if anybody listening has an idea, we would love to hear. Please, yes. How you would curb, you know, school shooting. Yeah, please. Any thoughts, feedback, opinions on this, we would love to hear from you guys because you're either in high school, going to be in high school, or went through high school. Yep. You know, I, I know you all know. That one guy who you thought in the corner of your mind, you know, that guy's going to definitely be a school shooter. You know, what would what would you have done to prevent that? What would you do now? You know. Yeah. But let's uh let's move on to something that's a little less uh, depressing. Sure. How to keep your cat from dying from overheating in the summer? I mean, couldn't you just keep them inside a nice air conditioned home? You can. You can try, and that's definitely a really good place to start. But what happens if, like we've seen this summer? Rolling blackouts. Power outage. Oof. That's a very good point. Yeah. So that's hard. Um, try and keep, you know, close your shades. Keep the house cool. If possible, mm-hmm. like you see, AC on. Don't exercise or play with your cat too much in the middle of the day. That was one thing I didn't think about. Like, oh, that makes sense. Play with them in the morning or the evening mm-hmm. when it's cooler. Sure. Like, that's a very easy thing to do. Don't exercise mm-hmm. them too much when it's hot. Makes total sense. Nothing that I had thought of or would occur to me. You can try giving them ice cubes to play with. Our cats have zero interest in ice cubes. But I know. Cats. I know a lot of uh, a lot of our friends who've got dogs. Yeah, who, dogs. Who will love ice cubes. Things. Yeah, they'll just go in the little kitty pool full of ice and they'll just lay in it all yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen also dogs. You know, I've seen other puppies or dogs play with ice cubes and enjoy playing with ice cubes or be more like to, likely to drink water if there's ice cubes in it. But our mm-hmm. cats are like now. Also, make sure that there's lots of fresh, cool water around. What mm-hmm. I've started doing, especially because one of our cats likes to lock themselves in rooms, boyo, I will, you know, when it's the hottest out, I was making sure there was just a water dish in every room with water in it. Mm-hmm. That way, if his dumbass got himself stuck in a room, he at least had water. Yep. And certainly, you know, you look at places that don't typically have air conditioning. Yeah. Like, uh, like when we had that massive heat wave hitting the Northwest, and yeah. you look at Washington, it was they don't have super AC. humid. It's... It was super hot, record you know, record heat. And yeah, not everybody has Most AC. Most people don't. Yeah. And that's another thing is, especially when it's humid, that's a lot harder for animals because they pant. Dog mm-hmm. and cats don't sweat. 
They still yeah. have their paws. So if they can't get rid of that extra hydration when it's humid, they're even at more like of heat stress. Yep, for sure. Especially if they've got, you know, long hair or a flat double face. coat, flat face. Yeah. Know, all so that's these another things. thing you can do is brush your cat. Or, I mean, I think all this applies pretty equally to dogs, mm-hmm. but I was mostly reading for cats. Brush them, make sure their fur is not matted. Actually, you don't necessarily want to shave them because really? they provide sunscreen protection. I never think about shaving the cats except for the boyo <laughs> well i mean so some people will be like oh yeah we get our cats or you know dogs or cats shaved for summer because it keeps them cooler which it can but they also lose that sun protection yeah that's well i mean if you have a you know pet with long hair you can certainly trim, trim it, it trim it i, I didn't say you shave. i yeah. said shave not trim yeah but yeah that's definitely also something to talk to your vet your you know uh rumor about for hair maintenance because they would know way more than i would what would be best for your pet but yeah it's like oh i you know like oh yeah it's too hot shave them you know then they get way more evaporative cooling and just that air moving over them constantly Mm -hmm. but they lose the sunscreen protection yep and i mean it's funny that we talk about it now because you know we're seeing record temperature increases across the country yeah and especially with the droughts we've been having hurricanes the freezes in certain places the infernos and others you know thinking about your pet care in terms of temperature the amount of water you're putting out for yeah make sure that they have fresh cool water out cats especially have a tendency not to necessarily hydrate well enough i know that our cat shroddy really likes running water but he doesn't like cat fountains Mm -hmm. because i've tried several he has zero interest in them unfortunately so we just make sure that whenever he's out and about, we let him have water from the fountain. Yep. And always keep clean water in his room, too, of course. But mm-hmm. I, know, I wish he liked the cat fountains. That would make life a lot easier. But he doesn't. <laughs> Certainly not. Nope. Little cats don't care. But it's like, well, they drink, they, they drink water with or without the cat fountain. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, it, you know, it's just something for everyone to keep in mind uh, as the temperatures increase. You know, yeah. year after year, be mindful, not just for your pets, but for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Stay hydrated, keep cool as best you can, and do the same for your pets. Yeah, and another thing for pets that people don't think about or realize, and I didn't until I was reading, is because they are so much smaller, they're way closer to hot pavement, so that reflected heat gets to them way faster. Yep. And it can also burn their paws, because it's hot it's cement, it's hot. hot. Yep. So it can burn their paws, and not even if they have those little booties on, just mm-hmm. the reflected heat up to them can be extremely detrimental so pay attention to them if they start having difficulty breathing heavily panting they start having seizures stuff like that that means they're in you know distress get them somewhere cool start putting cool cloths ice you know not cold water but cool water and call an emergency vet yep it's certainly one of those things where you know you have to think you know little little common sense if if it's hot enough you're going to go out you know in shorts and a tank or you know, something like that. Your pet, if you're taking them outside, they can't shed the fur. And so, they can't sweat. And they can't so sweat. Really so be, be aware, be very mindful of it. And as much as you can, try to interact with them when it's cooler. In the morning, in the evening, late at night. Try mm-hmm. not. And they might want to run around playing in the middle of the day. And that would be rough because you got to try not to do that with them. Because yep. that's, they don't know. You are their parent. You are there to take care of them because they don't have the ability to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's it's starting to cool down now yep. so it's a little late but still just good knowledge and just good advice for pet parents and we've got listeners on the other side of the globe who it's just starting to heat up for yep that is true and people might listen to this later so please take care of your pets keep an eye on them make sure they have fresh cool water even if your cats like lying in the sun if it's really hot maybe don't let them do it quite so much 
or paying closer attention to them, especially if they have long fur. Mm-hmm. But yeah, any thoughts, comments, concerns, feedback is always appreciated. mmmmeows at gmail.com. And we really do love to hear from you guys so much. It makes my day whenever I get an email from a listener. Yep, and it's certainly nice to be back at it. The hiatus was long, but uh, it was nice to come back to something that, especially an episode that I'm more uh, concerned with. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a rough episode for me to do because I don't have answers to what we can do. It's also late but timely and that, you know, school's starting back up. Certainly. So again, sorry for the hiatus, but we're back at it. Please contact us. I'd love to hear from you guys so much. It makes my day when I get an email from a reader, a listener. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.